0: For Newcastle fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. For match highlights, interviews and the best Newcastle videos and podcasts, download the free Toon Army app now from the App Store and Google Play. to chn radio this is your host greg troxel and we are in the quarterfinals of the fa cup you can follow me at nufc underscore greg and follow this glorious podcast at chn underscore radio and with me to talk about for probably over over two decades this hasn't happened that newcastle are in the quarterfinal of the fa cup i bring you the best damn co-host in the land elijah Newsom.
1: Yeah, um, I'm here and I'm excited. Um, If you uh, have seen me on Twitter at Elijah underscore Newsome, you would know that I did follow through on my end of the deal uh, as it regards to Newcastle and um, their goals scored for this West Brom match. So if you want to see West Brom's glorious mascot, Boilerman, hit me up at Elijah underscore Newsome.
0: Oh, yes.
1: Greg, I'm actually, I have a, a stat for you. Should okay. I, should I, actually, you know, I'll leave it for the stats portion.
0: Yeah, that's, that's a good idea.
1: Yeah. I didn't even think about that.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, Newcastle today had a mostly, well, it was a roller coaster, but it was mostly dominant performance today in a three to two win at West Brom. We are in the quarterfinals. We're in the final eight. Uh, it's huge, massive achievement. We, we're in a cup run. Simple mm. as that.
1: Yeah, we did um,
0: it. So we're one <clears throat> we're one win away from Wembley. That's going to be if we can pull that off. I can't imagine the Newcastle support down at Wembley. That's going to be insane.
1: It it would burn.
0: Yeah, it would it would definitely burn. Um. So yeah, let's get into it. Let's talk about three words. So after every match, we ask you to comment with three words to describe the match, and we'll read them on this podcast. And here it is. We'll start with Toon Army Portland at Toon Army PDX. You always get extra points when you do three words with a with a GIF. Um, and Toon Army Portland says, Gosh, it's hot. Trevor mm. Mooney at Trevor Mooney 12. Brucey's still shite. Mr. Steel, you're worldwide at Yo underscore Ho underscore No underscore Mo. Looked bad late. Doc Gibbs at Doc underscore Gibbs underscore NUFC. Almost choked away. Brian Fulford at IMBWF. Newcastle survived themselves. <laughs> Joe Terry. Keep doing... Oh, at Joseph underscore Terry. Keep doing that. Ted Phillips at ECR Phillips. Almost deja vu. Daily Goals Alert at Daily Goals Alert. At Hearts Game. Okay. okay. Um <laughs> Like is he talking about like Scottish I, I, I football? Don't know. Like is he at the Hearts?
1: <clears throat> yeah. uh,
0: nerves. Uh, John Paul French at JPF eleven thirty. Nerves shredded again. Matthew at Matty S ninety. Proper shocking substitutions. Paul Davison at Paul Dave eight six four eight six two eight eight. What a relief!
1: Oh, what a relief it is!
0: Yeah. It's also a relief to look at your profile picture, Paul. I love dogs. Okay. Ugh. So, the three words give you a little bit of joy, a little bit of scariness. So we're going to break that all down for you. Let's first start with Newcastle's lineups. And this, we talked about this, Elijah. We did. We talked about it, and we wanted it, and we got it. So I'll read the lineup, and then Elijah will comment. We had Darlow. Manquillo, Cher, Lascelles, and Rose. That was the defense. Midfield, we had Bentelev, Sean Longstaff, Lazaro, Almiron, St. Maximin, and Jolinton up top. The subs were Elliot, Shelby, Richie, Gale, Lejeune, Yedlin, and Maddie Longstaff. Elijah, take it away.
1: I mean, we got our wish. Valentino uh-huh. Lazaro finally plays a match at Newcastle, not as a fullback. And turns out, he's a good winger. <laughs> who, who would have thought, Greg? <laughs> not us. Um, obviously not Steve Bruce. Um, but yeah, uh, that was the, the biggest thing that stood out to me. Um, obviously, the second biggest thing was the the reintroduction of Alan St. Maxman to the team, which Greg and I both uh, figured would happen. Um, and I guess the third biggest takeaway from this lineup was, of course, Miguel Amir playing the number 10 role. Um, everyone seemed to play better with him in that role. Um, Joel Linton looked like a striker today. I mean, I know he didn't score, but he made runs in the box. And one of the goals was actually a direct result of him being in the right position as a striker. So a uh, shout out to him. And he got an assist from it. Um, and uh, like I like I kind of alluded to the last um, and the, during the the preview pod for this, um, you know, you want to go with a little more attacking side, and Fabian Share was the the right decision at center back there um, for that. For, for if you wanted if you wanted that sort of result, and uh, yeah, there was a moment towards the end of the match where he like literally was playing a, a one two with like um, I think it was either Gale or Almiron. Um and he basically was made this run and had a shot on goal. Essentially, like I actually thought that it was like a striker. I, I was like, Who is this? And who is this? <laughs> I thought it was like Sean Longstaff had got no, but it was Fabian Chair. So um yeah, you need that sometimes. And I mean I mean, you know, the Longstaff Benzlab midfield was, you know, as expected, not that exciting, but yeah, that's kind of my only thoughts.
0: Yeah, and uh I think the Bentaleb coming in for Shelby was expected, but Hayden dropping out of the squad, I I did not expect. Um, and that because if you're going to, I I don't like anymore using Sean Longstaff as a holding mid. I don't think that's I just don't think that's his game anymore. Um, his best games is when he played at the ten, and he even had a pretty good. Uh, time in this match when he switched the 10. Uh, it it wasn't that great, but it was, I guess, better. He looks better in that role. I don't know. That's just my opinion. I'm uh, just, and he
1: I, just looks better without defensive responsibilities. <laughs> yeah, true. And then also
0: when you're lining up a team that face a championship side, having Gale, Shelby, and Richie on the bench, not many teams can beat that in the championship. <laughs> so... Um we had a strong bench in comparison to championship teams. Okay. Yeah, you hit everything else I was gonna say. So great job, Elijah. <laughs> so let's get into this let's get into the match. Um it was good from the start. Um we immediately came out four, two, three, one just as expected. Uh so Lazar on the right, Maximin on the left, Almer on the ten. The only change in the back four was share over Fernandez. Um so Cher was on the left, LaSalle's on the right. And then first thing I want to shout out is the Newcastle supporters. I don't think – I like, West Brom has to be one of the quietest grounds ever. I've thought about, like – and I've only watched on TV, so I don't truly know. But of the Premier League stadiums that I've seen on TV um, – these two clubs aren't in the prem anymore, but West Brom and Stoke have to be like the quietest atmospheres I've heard. Uh, I've always thought that, and then this was today. All you could hear the entire match was Newcastle
1: supporters. So. Well, I mean, all, I mean, you said Premier League clubs. I was going to say Sunderland because there's no one in there. Uh,
0: yeah,
1: there that's you go. true. That's true. Um, okay, so it.
0: Game started, and we were immediately dominating possession, but it was a lot of the same thing. We were dominating possession, but we weren't creating anything from it. Fifteen minutes in, it was like, this almost is entertaining, but we're not doing anything in the final third, once again. Um, But this time we were getting, we had over 60% possession. Uh, We just weren't creating any chances until the 19th minute. We had our first one. It was an excellent, excellent excellent run by jolinton he chased yeah. the ball down on the left he beat his man and was somehow managed to keep the ball in i don't know how and then he advanced into the box and he cuts upfield in the box to beat another man and then hits a low shot which bond was able to parry away uh, gave newcastle a corner uh and jolinton went down on the play but he uh was fine what would your th- thoughts on that run
1: that wasn't even the first uh that wasn't even the first uh, big chance we had. What was the other one? Because before that, it was a two-on-one with oh, who was it? It was Miggy and someone else, and I think it might have been it the
0: header that Jolenton sent wide.
1: No, no, this was this was literally before all of this because it was it was like you had tweeted about us not having a good chance, and I responded with we literally just had a good chance. The ball was behind Almeron. I want to say it was Bentaleb. Um, and Miggy, someone picked off a pass. It was Ben Slub and Miggy. Yeah, Ben Slub picked off a pass, um, a really bad pass, um, when they were trying to play out the back West Brom, um, and it was, like, a two-on-one situation, um, and literally all he had to do was serve the, the, the ball up on a platter for Miguel Amarone, and he put it behind Miggy, and it was literally, like, it was, it was a tap-in if he puts this on, like anywhere in front of Miguel Alvaro, and he can get on his left foot. But the ball goes behind. Miguel has to go chase the back out wide, sensing a ball uh, that gets cleared. But that was like in the the 10th minute. That was like super early on. Hmm. Yeah, so.
0: Okay.
1: I notated that because I said I know Greg's going to do this thing where he says we look dangerous, but we didn't create any chances. When we did create one chance, it just was like our own fault that it didn't get converted.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I think if it's not a shot, it's not a chance. But we can uh, beg to differ there. I would agree
1: <laughs> with you normally, but in that case, it was just like so blatant that it was like this is clearly like if you if who scored would consider it a big chance because it was yeah. just like it was literally Miggy was two feet in front of goal and the ball was just like a foot behind him. It was so annoying. Yeah. So
0: going back to the twentieth minute mark that's when Newcastle started to really take over. Um, and we had that one chance with Jolinton and then we had another on a corner. Uh, it was Rose that took it. Um, it was headed back across goal by Jolinton and it, it landed landed to Sean Longstaff and he crushed a shot from like 15 yards out. It was high and wide, but, um, that's something that he could, and we've seen Longstaff hit those and go right in. Um, he's done it for a few years. So I thought that was going to be a goal Me too. and he's just missing that there. <laughs> but we were just playing from this point on, we were playing so much higher up the pitch. Um, and Almiron was just doing his thing again at the 10, completely free roll, doing whatever he wanted. Jolenton. Okay. He was doing okay. Um, he wasn't bad. And I didn't think St. Maximin looked that great to be honest early on. Then we had another chance. It was the first time like St. Maxman really came to life, actually. Um played it to, to St. Max's right. He had about 30 yard. He was about 30 yards out, I think. 25, some people were saying. Um, he was in space, and he just lets the ball fly. And it was a nasty shot. That ball was moving. And it just pings off the post as hard as possible. Um, and that should have been goal number one. That was a hell of a shot, right?
1: Yeah, it was the best shot of – no, actually, it was the second best shot of the match. <laughs> actually, go. it was the third best shot in the match. Yeah.
0: Um, and then immediately after, on the counter, West Brom had a chance. It was Charlie Alston. He received the ball in the area. Um, he gets it over to Phillips in space to the right, but he hits a, a shot like on a turn, and it goes right to right to Darlow, but goalies can get confused by like a turn and shoot like that. So um, Darla was able to knock it out for a corner. And then shortly after that, we get the goal. Miguel Almirón. It was a me- beautiful goal. Um, we, d- we deserve the lead after the opportunities that they've created. Um, St. Maximin found his groove. He was ingrained in the offense. And actually, in the, in the attack, I guess. Um, Elijah, this might be the first glimpse of St. Maximin and Almirón playing well together.
1: It it actually was. That was gonna be my key takeaway for the match, but you yeah. ruined it, so
0: Saint <laughs> um, Maximin running through the middle. He he fed a lovely ball to Almiron. Great run by Almiron, diagonal run right through the middle of defense, nobody was able to pick him up, and easy finish for Almiron, goal, one nothing, and then he does the tribute to Joseph Celebration. Elijah, talk to us about that one.
1: Um, well, it was a sad weekend, as I think I might have talked about it earlier in this week. Joseph Martinez tore his ACL. All of Atlanta is mourning uh, the the loss of his knee ligament. Um, and if you're unfamiliar with Miguel Amarone and Joseph Martinez's history, they were on the same team. And they played together, and they scored a lot of goals together. And they did the little like Dragon Ball Z fusion celebration. And so Joseph has been doing it. Uh, on occasion, um, he did it actually earlier in Champions League when he scored um, Concacaf Champions League, that is the elite Champions League, better than UEFA, <laughs> obviously. Um, but uh, he, they they've done the fusion like apart from each other, and so it was kind of like a nice little tribute. And shout out to Newcastle, like the club, for tweeting out the picture of it and then tagging Joseph Martinez, and then shout out to Newcastle fans for just not understanding. Like, why the club would tweet out a photo of Miguel Amorón and tag Joseph Martinez and then immediately ask, like, in the comments, like, announce Joseph Martinez. Like...
0: <laughs> well, you can't blame him. A lot. I'm sure a lot of Newcastle fans don't follow MLS. <laughs> yes, but I
1: don't, I don't know why. But the, it's just common sense. Why would they tweet out a picture of Miguel Amorón, tag Joseph Martinez, and that be some sort of signal that we're signing Joseph Martinez? I
0: uh, think it's just... I think people were just taking the piss there.
1: Yeah, uh, maybe. There are some, I mean, NFC 360 genuinely didn't know that, like, Joseph Martinez is injured, which is fair. I mean, MLS is not, you know, a popular league. We've already discussed that Premier League fans notoriously do not pay attention to any other league. (laughs) I'm
0: sure there's plenty of Americans here that didn't know that Joseph Martinez. Was injured either, and they watch the Premier League every weekend. That's the state of MLS still. Yeah, it's getting better though. Um. So yeah, what what a what a great goal! Uh, the, the fans were already chanting, going to Wembley. Um, shortly after that, a bit premature,
1: ding. by the way. Like, <laughs> like Newcastle have had one nil like leads in like all these FA Cup matches, and have somehow like either 2 yeah, yeah, like just ruined them completely.
0: <laughs> um, and then Danny Rose decided that he wanted to celebrate by getting a yellow card. Another one. Uh, so one minute of a time in the first half, and then Miguel does it again. It was Lazaro this time, attacking down the right. Yeah, Both wingers getting in on the action. It was a low cross that was deflected to Jolenton. He backheeled it, and it looked like it was going to no one <laughs> to me. But then Almiron slid in to direct in the top left-hand corner. Great goal. Great hit. 2 nothing. Newcastle United. Elijah, break it down.
1: I'm going to say this. I just said it earlier. Jolinton. I have to give him credit here. He was in the right place at the right time. And he yep. also had the awareness to know that he was surrounded by two defenders. So both center backs were there covering him. He couldn't get a shot off. So the best thing he possibly could do was see if... Because he's like, there has to be someone making a run in behind me. I'm sure that he was thinking this. And he, he did a little back heel. I, I mean, it's stuff that you do see like more established like strikers and better attacking teams do is that they have the tactical awareness to recognize that if one of them's double team there's going to be someone open in the box somewhere so um you see a lot of goals that that develop like this but lazaro had himself a nice game and just the amount of swag and flair that was on the pitch today is just second to none i mean joe linton had that insane run saint Maximin um that greg talked about earlier where he cut in from the wing which was bizarre it was one of those like you have to stand up and clap everyone was tweeting about it um but Almiron had his moments um saint maxman had his moments lazaro had his moments i mean they all just there was so much flair it was fun to watch and and this was this was just a, a, a brilliant just a beautiful goal um from start to finish
0: yeah it was definitely deserved and it was, it was, and so that's how it ended in the half 2-0 lead for Newcastle, and it was a deserved 2-0 lead, and it was, it, like you said, it was a lot of fun to watch, it was entertaining. The first half was actually entertaining. Um, St. Gucci, he produced the two best moments, a lovely assist, and then he had, well, sorry, two of the three best moments, banging it off the crossbar, a wonderful assist, Almiron got the... Third goal or the second goal by like him and Lazaro did that thing, but like oh and Jolenton, um, like every time it's still like Almiron in this free role is almost with a player like Saint Maximin is almost like replicating a second striker type of position for Almiron, um, not, not like literally, but because of how Saint Maximin plays and the runs and pace at Almiron can that he has it could create a lot of goals just thoughts just yeah. thoughts
1: and it helps yeah. that everyone's Paisy
0: yeah yeah like, just the chance that he can have to like run to make like very deep long runs um, and like the ability of Lazaro and of St. Maximin and of even when Shelby's in to like thread balls in there like that's game changer because yeah I'm sure in a little bit, if he keeps doing this in the Premier League, two defenders are going to go with him, and that's going to leave Jolenton wide open. So as long as Amron can make that last pass, we're going to see the assist number crank up too.
1: Yeah, and I'd like to also just add on to that. um, Like one thing that Greg and I actually hated about Newcastle um, and how they played against Burnley, but worked against West Brom was actually the balls over the top. Like some of our best sort of – Chances yeah. that didn't actually turn into goals. But, for example, the Joel Linton one was a direct result of, like, just a really beautifully placed ball over the top because our front four was just so much faster than West Brom. They sat really deep to try to contain it. But if they ever tried to go forward and we could easily turn and transition into um, attack, like – it, it, they had no chance, and that is like some of that's the counterattack that we were all kind of super excited about when it was just Joel Linton, Alexei Maxman, and Miguel Amron. But now, when you add a guy like Valentino Lazaro in the mix, who's also fast, who also has great ability on the ball, it it becomes super scary, and it almost I don't want to I don't want to say it's lester like of, of of years past, but I mean that's kind of what Lester did was just like they had a front four and front three that were just insanely fast, and you could counterattack super well with those guys. So I, I it, it does give me hope, um, but I'm, I mean, I was excited about that front attacking three, and now, you know, with Lazaro in the mix and him playing his natural position, I'm even more excited about this front four.
0: Yeah, and we'll see what they do in the Premier League if they get the chance. Yeah. Uh, so let's get in. Well, before we get into the second half, let's take a break, and we'll do that right now. Okay, second half started, and I literally tweeted this. I said that, I'd hate to be the one to say it, but the last time we were up 2 nothing in the FA Cup, we blew it. And so let's keep going, let's keep attacking. Something of that, I don't have it to tweet right in front of me. And I hit send, probably could have counted to five, and Lazaro
1: scored. <laughs> yeah, which I so, believe was the best goal of the match. You think? Yeah. It was I... it reminded me of the Clint Dempsey Dick goal. <laughs> That's why.
0: Well this was like his upper stomach.
1: Um and
0: just this is a fact also, um Lazaro has more Lazaro's stomach has more goals against the championship than Sunderland this year. Um so on attack down the right. He looks up, he saw St. Maximin was wide open on the left-hand side of the box. Um, so he, he gets a low cross to him. Lazaro runs right at it in the middle. And Bond, like, parried the ball into Lazaro's stomach and into the net.
1: Yeah, goal. Best <laughs> goal that I've ever seen, actually. <laughs> Better than the
0: dick goal?
1: I mean, no. oh, sorry, the dick goal is clearly – I think that's, that's a Hall of Fame-esque goal. Should go <laughs> yeah. into Premier League Hall of Fame even though it wasn't a Premier League goal.
0: Yeah, <laughs> for sure. If any if they played in the Premier League, any goal they score, no matter what league it's in, can then be in the Hall of Fame. That's yeah, my, that's my vote.
1: Yeah, I agree. And if you don't know what we're <laughs> talking about, and you, you're probably probably the British people don't know what we're talking <laughs> about, or the people in Africa, um, just type in Clint Dibsey Dick goal on Google. At yeah. work. At work. Yeah
0: um shortly after this goal we had a clearance off the line it was danny rose yeah Uh, long floated a ball um lascelles like let it bounce for some reason and then philip tried to lift it over darlo and i do think Phillips was offsides here but uh either way the ball was going in and rose cleared it off the line um and then it was a corner and and darlo was able to collect it and then it was the, the like most of the second half was a little bit of the same. As Almiron absolutely taken over this game. Um, he just made all these awesome runs. He got into the area. There's one uh, the 55th minute. He got into the area and he played like a little back and forth with Jolenton. Um, and then the last pass to Jolenton, uh, Bond came out and blocked it away before Jolenton could get to it. Just a lot of very smart plays and just – Good chemistry, it looked like. Um, Lazaro, he was breaking through the middle. He was playing it to Almiron. Um, Longstaff was getting in on the action. It was just looking very good, very fluid. Uh, And then about 65 minutes in, Almiron makes another run. Tries to get behind the defense. Uh, St. Maximin spotted him, but it was flagged offside. He he was a breakaway. Uh, He was about a step or two offside. Um, And then here we are. 70th minute, we make our first sub, we're up 3 nothing. Oh, good. Which is just like, what? Like, I just don't understand it. And then what does he do? He takes off the best player of this match, Miguel Amaran, uh, for John Joe Shelby.
1: Which so makes like, no sense.
0: Yeah, like, I, I only way I understand this is from a resting him standpoint. But there's no one on West Brom's side that can keep up with him. So, like, if you want to stop a comeback, you leave him on. Like, simple. I I thought it was simple. So, like, three minutes. So, the sub was in the 70th minute. Three minutes later, West Brom hit the bar. Um, Edwards cut in from the left side of the pitch. He hits it from the edge of the area, and it takes a weird deflection off the bar and out for a corner. And then shortly after that, they score. Just immediately after the sub. Um Bentaleb uh like got a nice block, last ditch effort, and we were able not we couldn't clear our lines and um it fell to Matt Phillips and shot shot it into the ground and it bounced it up into the far corner and then goal. Yeah.
1: Uh you, you had a usually ask me like what I think and, and it just oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah I, <laughs> my thoughts on both of these goals uh, and you'll get to the other one is that they were one pretty sloppy uh, and, and yeah two just it, it was the issue is that it was mistakes made by the back line but it wasn't mistakes made by the back line necessarily in open play and you could argue that if dubrovka's the keeper those at least one of those goals doesn't happen. Because I do think Carl Darlow, like, they they could have scored. Uh, we'll leave it at this. Carl Darlow pretty much gifted them the opportunity to score two other goals in this match, and they just didn't. Um, <laughs> like He had yeah. a couple parries just directly in the path uh, of, of their players. And then they, he was saved multiple times by this back line for, like, just bad saves he had that just went directly into the path uh, of some of these West Brom players that, you know, um Danny Rose was able to clear I was going to, I was literally on my way to give Danny Rose worst player of the match but he actually had a lot of key clearances in the second half that kind of led me to to not do that and um but yeah this goal was just like it was unfortunate but then still coming out of that Newcastle almost immediately responded which was cool like they almost scored again like Sean Longstaff had a long shot um that just was over the bar so it was promising to see that like they didn't dwell on this moment and that they were able to go back out and still try to attack um but yeah that, that was my thoughts was like it's a sloppy goal hopefully we not give we don't give another goal obviously we know that didn't happen but yeah
0: yeah uh and then right so like so we didn't even really have have a chance to settle into this formation um so right after this goal we we did and it was long staff moved to a 10. Shelby and Bentel have sat, sat behind. Um, and then it was just like, they were just like, he looked awful after this. Um, it, it was like, like you were mentioned, Dar, Darlow was like parrying shots into West Brom. Like, he also looked nervous on pretty much every single corner that West Brom took. Um, then we made another sub, St. Maximin off um, our another most danger, our dangerous player. Uh, he comes on for Gale, the best striker in the championship. And then from there, Jolenton moved to left. Gale went up top. Uh, Longstaff still stayed at the 10, and Lazaro still stayed at the right. And then it was Cher who came in and kind of saved the day. Made a last-ditch challenge. Um, what's his name? Zohor? Zohor? Yeah. Uh, he tries to score, put one on, on Darlow, but Cher makes a great play. Um, and then... Then Cher was like, "I'm just gonna do this thing myself," and he picks up the ball inside his own half, and he plays it to Gale, and then he continues to run, and receives a pass back, and then that's what you were mentioning in the beginning. He has a great shot on on target. Yeah, and like I, I had the same thing as you. I was like, "Who was that?" And then like they they show a close up of him running back. I was like, "Oh." To share in the box, yeah, like no big deal. And, and the announcers was, were like, He loves a good run to the box, and I was like, Yep.
1: But the crazy thing was, like, you saw the figure sprinting, but you yeah. didn't know who it was because, like, Cher sprinted like literally half the pitch for this chance, yeah. Did. <laughs> and I was like, Who is this sprinting? I just assumed that it was like, I thought it was like <laughs> Sean Longstaff or something, but it was hilarious. It's like, when they showed Cher. I was like, oh, Oh, okay, well, yeah, that's pretty on brand,
0: <laughs> yeah. And then 90th minute, we made our last sub. Lazaro came off for Lejeune. Um, so we we subbed off our three best attackers from the match, um, and put on a holding mid, a striker, and a center back. Um, so we got four minutes of out of time, and right into out of time. Uh, well, two minutes into out of time, West Brom score again. Um, really Newcastle just really made things difficult for themselves here but like you said it's it was a sloppy goal but the big miss here is Mankio Mankio just let Edwards just get right past him like no effort whatsoever yeah. um then then Edwards played a low ball into the area and Zohor, Zohor finished it Um, what I, like, I was like what are you doing Mankio oh my god um, to be fair, it was like back post-ish, so Yedlin probably would have done the same thing. So Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that was it, full-time. The West Brom didn't have enough to, to do anything. They didn't even get the ball close to the box after this goal. Um, we're through to the quarterfinals. We made it harder than we should have, but based on the full like way that the game went, Newcastle deserved to win this
1: oh, yeah. by a bigger margin
0: than they did. Almiron mm-hmm. and St. Maximin were so good and they changed it completely changed the game when they went off like completely yeah um elijah what's your what's your takeaway
1: um i guess my biggest thing you kind of alluded to it at the end was um i think one thing that steve bruce has to learn as, as a manager and i mean you can defend or, or you know not defend him all you want um is that like you have to be smart with your substitutions. Um, and, and one thing is like, and people pointed this out was like, when we took off Almiron, uh, you didn't really have an outlet to go to when, um, we were, when we defended well and we won the ball, it was just like, you know, Shelby and Benselab trying to work it up the pitch themselves or Sean Long, like there was no outlet to, to spray the ball to. And then it, it was even worse when you took St. Maximin off. So it's like, if you're going to go more defensive, um, and you're going to change the formation, you have to at least have one very reliable attacking threat still on the pitch um, when you do that just because like if you don't do that all you're doing is in kind of knocking the ball around inviting pressure and you're inevitably gonna give away a goal um, when you're not gonna when you're not let, uh, forcing the other team to sit back on their hills because essentially once ASM and and Miggy um were off like West Brom had no real reason because we have no other threat to to like you know, sit back and try to react to potential balls over the top or anything like that. So yeah. that's just yeah. something that I notice, and Steve Bruce has to fix uh, going into Southampton. Um, you're not going to get away with, uh, you know, poor substituting um, against the Southampton side. And there's also an element of like you ha- there needs to be clear direction with your subs. Um, like if you want to go more defensive you don't have to always change the formation to go to a back five. You don't always have to change the formation and change and change out people and play them out of position. It, it's okay to take off Nabil Bentelev for Isaac Hayden or take off Sean Longstaff for Isaac Hayden or, or, you know, instead of, like, trying to force, trying to take off an attacking midfielder for just another midfielder in the hopes that it's like, oh, well, now I have three proper midfielders on the pitch. Like, they'll all defend. That obviously wasn't the case, and what just ended up happening was you had... Sean Longstaff just playing as a 10, but wasn't an effective 10. Um, so I think that, that that's another thing. And then you also have to, again, this has been an issue. Um, when players are tired, take them off. I mean, Keogh was gassed. This is the second game back, and he had a crucial defensive mistake in the 90th, in the, in the 91st minute. And it's like, you met you joke about um, Yedlin, like, and it being a back post thing. But Yedlin would have been a little bit more aware just due to being completely fresh, if you're able to bring him on, or Isaac Hayden. Um, and that right-back position even. So uh, there's there's yeah. just like the the substitution thing is annoying because Steve Bruce, he actually, to his credit, almost had a master class. Like we, everyone was expecting the absolute worst with West Brom, um, especially given our ability to not play well against League One sides and not be able to create against League One sides. And to Steve Bruce's credit, like Newcastle – looked good until he started making substitutions so uh i mean it, it's tough and uh he's got he's got to fix that and he has to take take responsibility for that which i mean i know greg will get into with in his quotes He doesn't exactly <laughs> do that
0: no he he doesn't do that uh so we're gonna take a break and then we'll get into the other stuff so let's do that right now okay we're, it's not a joke. We are still in the quarterfinals of the FA Cup. And to talk a little bit more about the FA Cup, uh, just some results that have happened. Arsenal beats beat Portsmouth. Uh, Chelsea beat Liverpool 2-0. Arsenal won 0 as well. Uh, Sheffield needed extra time, but Sheffield United beat second-tier side Reading. And then Newcastle beat West Brom. So the qualified teams in the quarterfinals right now are Arsenal, Chelsea. Newcastle United, and Sheffield United, all Premier League sides. What's left is we have Sheffield Wednesday versus Man City, Birmingham City versus Leicester City, Spurs versus Norwich, and Derby County versus Man United. So very possible chance that eight Premier League sides are left in this. Um, There would have to be – well, there's only three second-tier sides left. Um, and they would have to be either Man City, Leicester City, or Man United. So, <laughs> which
1: very <laughs> possible that Man United lose to Derby. I Could mean, be. it's just yeah, possible that Man we'll United imagine
0: Wayne Rooney scoring against Manchester United. I
1: mean, dude, it's one that that,
0: that. It,
1: it's 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 storybook. Um, yeah, on the way. It's to on them. the
0: fifth, by the way, if you want to uh, watch that.
1: Okay, I, I don't but um actually i, I will um but also it very it would be very on brand for man united this season to come into a match to build momentum going to finish the season out they're in that champions league place like for them to just absolutely just bottle this and choke yeah it would be very would on be brand fun. for them to do that this season yeah so uh yeah that could happen i don't i could see lester potentially just no, I actually can't. I can't see Man City and Leicester. Yeah, I don't know.
0: At home, too. It's home, yeah. home to against Birmingham. Um, yeah, Birmingham. Man United's know. at least at Derby. Yeah. And Man City's at Sheffield Wednesday.
1: So I don't see Man City losing against Sheffield Wednesday unless they decide that they don't care. But Man City's yeah. on their Man City revenge tour. And so yeah. <laughs> I doubt that that's happening. <laughs>
0: yes, I agree. Okay, and then let's get into quotes. This is fun. Uh, can't wait to read these ones to you. Elijah already knows what's going to happen this time. Uh, but this is what was said. <clears throat> he said, unfortunately, it's in our DNA. We went 3-0 up. We switched off. Sometimes you think it's too easy, and suddenly they get a cold back. It oh wouldn't be gosh. Newcastle if we didn't do something like that. It's in our DNA. We made hard work of it. About St. Maximin, he said, Alan was a doubt nonsense written in the paper that I have fallen out with him. I don't know where that has come from. He didn't train Sunday. We were wary of him, and you have to be careful. This is why I didn't risk him. He trained well yesterday, and that is the way it is. Um, to the Daily Mail reporter that, that posted the article, he said, total lies, it is nonsense nonsense. I'm glad your source is wrong. Are you calling me a liar? Your reporting is wrong. I have no row with St. Max. <laughs> Said uh, directly to the
1: reporter. That, that's how you. Uh, <laughs> that's how you build confidence uh, from the fan base. Is just attacking reporters. It's the old <laughs> so Donald what do you Trump think method. about the one
0: quote of it's in our DNA. There's nothing we can do here. It's just in our DNA. We're gonna give up leads. So <laughs> uh, <cap it's>, <laughs>
1: I mean, for 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 starters, I think there's everyone can take away like obviously Steve Bruce not expect accepting responsibility for literally things that were complete like we just talked about how the the tide of this game changed because of the substitutions he made. Um, yeah. but that's that's a whole nother thing. I think what's interesting to me is that once again, uh, we talked about this on our last uh, on the uh the recap podcast for Burnley. Steve Bruce is taking credit for when things go well. But, of course, when things go wrong, it's, like, he he just contradicts himself. So, like, in this example, he basically just gassed up literally the last press conference how great of a defensive record (laughs) Newcastle have. And, like, we're just this dominant force. We haven't let in all – like, it's – we've had all these clean sheets, blah, blah, blah. And then, like, this – the very next match, he goes, it's in our DNA to give up leads. And it's, like, dude, come on. Like (laughs) – it's like you can't just consistently contradict yourself like this. Um, but he does. Uh and the thing is like Mike Ashley it does he doesn't care because Mike Ashley does the same thing. So and if yeah. anything, this is job security for Steve Bruce. Um and the only way that Bruce is gonna be out is honestly if the players stayed some sort of mutiny.
0: Well, we can talk about this on our weekly episode podcast. Uh, Well, actually, we will, Uh, so we'll get into that. We'll dive into those quotes a little bit more.
1: You might have Um, already listened to it, to be honest.
0: Yeah, you could have, yeah. Um, Stats. Do you have any stats?
1: Um, Yeah. Go. Uh, The last time we made it past the fifth round of the FA Cup, how old do you think I was, Greg? Two. Oh, okay well that kind of takes the sting out of this because that's just not true <laughs> it's just is not true i was eight well no yeah i was eight so so i was
0: just, six years off not,
1: not bad yeah you were six years off but yeah we haven't obviously haven't made it since 2005 yeah who was our leading scorer that year andy carroll no that's before it's that's pre-andy carroll andy oh, carroll was still uh, in the
0: academy it was in two
1: thousand five. Fourteen goals.
0: Was it Sheer?
1: It was Shearer. Okay. But well, you know it was the next year? This one's this one's a fun one. Because this person Huh? I don't know who. Um, do you here's your hint. Seattle Sounders. Martins? Yes. Obafemi. Yeah. Obafemi Martins that guy shout out to uh, Cam on our website who's a Sounders fan yeah yeah so. Um, yeah. I really
0: don't have many stats because I, I didn't really look up stats today I was at work
1: you know it was yeah I was watching this one during a meeting and it was like our VP it was our new business meeting and I was sitting next to a guy who's an at Atlanta United slash Newcastle fan shout out to you Evan He's probably not listening to this. Um, anyway, uh, and there, like when Miggy scored his second goal, like I was playing it off pretty well. Um, but when Miggy scored his second goal, I made a very audible yes and fist pump. And he's like, oh, see, you're paying attention to this meeting. And I was like, oh, rip. That, that was a tough one for me. So, um, yeah. Yeah. R. Yeah, P. things
0: not to do in a meeting. That would be one of them.
1: Yeah, but no one cared. Maybe okay, I don't good. know. I'm out here. I'm out there grinding right now, trying to get us new business. So I think, I think I was excused.
0: So who is our best player?
1: Oh, I think it's pretty clear. It's Lazaro's now Um, it's uh, it's I, I'd say Miguel Amiron. Um, I think that's not really a controversial take. Um, you know, he excelled at the ten roll It's almost like. It's almost like we've said this for almost two seasons now. Miguel Amiron's <laughs> best position is the number 10. And people tried to fight me and you on this, like, tooth and nail. And it's like, now that it's coming to fruition and he's had two straight matches where he's been our most dangerous player because he's playing the number 10 role, it's almost like, I don't know, people are starting to realize, oh, maybe this is the best position. So, yeah, yeah. it's Miguel Amirone. Um, I don't know who else you, you could say.
0: Yeah, um... For, yeah, it's, it's Magamron to me. Um, St. Maximin would be my second, and probably Lazaro would be my third. Uh, they All the three were so good. Um, so shout out to them. Uh, because we won, I don't want to do worst player, unless you would feel so adamant about someone.
1: Uh, no, I, I'd say that um, our best player, another best player, would be... Uh, Martin Dubravka because then we we've realized how he is our best player this season because it's always oh, nervy God. when he's not playing. Yeah.
0: Okay. That's fair. <laughs> yeah.
1: So dubrovka best player on Newcastle.
0: <laughs> Thank you dubrovka for being you. Yeah. Um, um all right. Well, do you have anything else about this match?
1: Uh no, it's exciting. I'm excited to uh experience the quarterfinals um for the first yeah. time in my young life. Um, as a Newcastle fan. Um, and I think it would be really cool if we made it to Wembley. Just saying.
0: Yep. It would cool. be super fun. <laughs> um, the draw will take place tomorrow. So we'll we'll get a good idea of what we will find out who we're playing tomorrow. So excited to see that. We'll bring all that information to you. Uh, the quarterfinals will take place... Um,
1: uh, crap. Hold on. I just well, I think it it's March 21st or 23rd yeah, it's or something like that. March. Because, um, because our yeah, match Mar- against. March 21st. Yeah, we had a match just moved. Match. I think Ber- maybe it's, like it's against that got moved, something. We had a yeah. six pointer that's moved. Sad so, that I had to say we had a six pointer that was moved because uh, we've now well, gotten to the six pointer phase. But
0: we'll give you all the information on that. But enjoy this podcast. Enjoy our weekly podcast that is also live right now. So that concludes this episode. I'm your host, Greg Troxell. the best damn poets in, in the land. Elijah Newsome, and away the lads. i walk the streets all
2: day. I'll meet for a bottle of your own brown hill. I'm coming home, Newcastle. If you never win the club again. The dark it's St. James's Park, if the gallery's ending the red. I'm coming home. And I'm proud to be a Jody and to live in Jodie land. Some people think we're bawdy, and we're hard to understand, and they say it's just self pity, and we're not so very tough. Cause the people in the big fat city haven't had it off as rough I'm coming home Newcastle, you can keep your London wine I'd walk the streets all day, I'll meet for a bottle of the River Tyne I'm coming home Newcastle, I wish I'd never been away I'd kiss the ground for the welcome sound in me, mother, seeing how we?' I'm coming home This the old blind busker who stands at Fenwick's door. He plays a mean accordion, you've all seen him there before. And I love the Jody heroes, there's so many famous names. Like Linda Spawn and Gaza, Brendan Foster in the Gates at Games. I'm coming home, Newcastle. I might as well have been in jail. I'd work the streets all day, I'll need for a bottle of your own brown ale I'm coming home, Newcastle, if you never win the cup again I'll brave the dark at St James's Park, if the gallagher end in the rain I'm coming home, Newcastle, you can keep your London wine I'd walk the streets all day, I'll need for a bottle of the River Tyne I'm coming home, Newcastle, I wish I'd never been away I'd kiss the ground for the welcome sound, in my mother's I hey, how are I'm coming home, Newcastle, I might as well have been in jail. I'd walk the streets all day, I'll need for a bottle of your own brown ale. I'm coming home, Newcastle, if you never win the cup again. I'll brave the dog it's in James's James's pocket, the gallagher's end in the rain. I'm coming home.